Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money. Whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Good afternoon and welcome to Money Tips. This is Charles Kelly from London on a sunny April afternoon here in in uh, in, in the UK in London. And hope you are well wherever you are. Uh, I'm, I'm obviously we're hearing terrible reports about things going on in the world, and we just hope that we can get through this this crisis. Uh, as quickly as possible. Uh, let, let's just hope and pray that we can do that. Now, in the UK, in the financial news, uh, you, you may have seen when you, you buy something that uh, if you buy something online with a debit card, as you're checking out, you get this message or maybe after you've checked out saying, would you like to spread the payments on this? And it might come from PayPal or your debit card company or your bank. And they're, they're offering you to uh, give, given you the chance to something you've already bought and to, to now spread the cost of this. And it, it's really an advert to, to get you into uh, spreading the cost of it, it's a loan, really. It's credit or finance. And you, you, you may have seen these these things. It's it's it's, it's fairly new, this. And uh, uh, in the past, when you paid for something on a debit card or with PayPal, that would be it. You paid for it. And, you know, that's that comes out of your account. Now they say, no, you don't need to pay for it right now. You can spread the cost of it. Now, a group of charities now are warning that this is becoming a bit of a crisis because people are clicking on this button and thinking that it's it's going to be interest free. <clears throat> but finding out later down the road that, you know, maybe there's interest charges there or maybe if you don't pay it off within a certain time, then you're hit with interest. That's usually what interest free credit is because clearly why would a bank lend money out interest-free it costs them to get the money why are they going to lend it out interest-free and the answer is usually that it's interest-free up to a point maybe for a month six months a year and then uh, the interest kicks in with a vengeance <clears throat> excuse me and then you get this also with uh, uh, credit card offers like transfer your balance over interest-free however there's usually a cost there's usually a fee of two or three percent so is that interest? Is that fee? No. Well, let's say it's interest free. But then after that period, which might be nine months, a year or even longer, you then start paying interest. And that's where people forget to start you know, paying down this debt. And the Citizens Advice, uh, it used to be called the Citizens Advice Bureau. It's, it's a network, a legal network, a charity for money and consumer groups said that many users are getting into debt and struggling to pay for even things like food and bills. And it's called out. BNPL, buy now, pay later. It's nothing new, is it? It's just a new way of getting you into to borrowing money, isn't it? And uh, it's increasingly popular amongst young people buying stuff online and in, in high street lenders, uh, high street outlets as well. And the Citizen Advice are now saying that consumers are start to, uh, uh, to regret using this scheme. And it said that many of the BNPL firms... Uh, are not following the correct reg regulation and they've called for tougher regula regulation. It found that nearly half of 18 to 34 year olds have used this payment option in the last 12 months. And the repayment office offer is, is, as I said, usually advertise at online checkouts and it looks very easy, but the network, the charity network said that 
you're you're on a slippery slope into to debt and consumer debt as as we know is the worst kind of debt it's usually the most expensive debt and you're buying stuff that um is is almost worthless after you've paid for it you can't get your money back on it it's certainly not going to grow in value and then you're paying interest rates of 18 30 40 percent even sometimes on consumer debt so that they're now uh, calling for, for regulation and the average person now is paying 63 pounds a month but uh, almost two in five uh, have used the scheme that's that's five million people have used this scheme said they they didn't think it was proper borrowing they, they that's not borrowing <laughs> you're you're spreading your payments but they don't think of it as borrowing and six million people didn't even understand that uh that what they were getting into what they were signing up for and it's easy because you're on if you're on your phone and some offer comes you just click the button you know you can't even read all these terms and conditions on a, on a computer screen let alone on a on a phone so you just click the buttons or worry about it later and and the bbc have got into this and they reported that one lady uh, sharon jitt uh, whose story was also covered by the citizens advice uh, got into trouble but here's the story right um now, you can blame the finance company or you can blame the person, but she bought goods for £600 and then used the BNPL scheme. I said, right, I'll, I'll pay in instalments. However, then she said she didn't get the goods. She didn't receive the goods and then cancelled her payments to the firm while she waited for the issues to be sorted out. But in the meantime, the, the firm then went through these procedures. No, you've got to pay us. You know, you owe us money. And it went all the way and she started getting uh, debt collector letters uh, which usually comes after you ignore a, a letter. If you get a company said you owe us money and you ignore it, then they will then eventually put it out to debt collectors. So you must communicate with, with people you owe money to, even if you're behind with the payments, whether it's a mortgage, a car loan, whatever, always keep in touch. Because once it goes to debt collectors, then costs go up and the costs eventually end up with you. And then if the debt collector then goes to court, then you're, you're really in trouble. And now she said it could affect her credit score because the, the, the credit company had probably issued a default notice, which again comes as a last resort, but it's very easy to get a default notice. They just have to press a button saying this person is in default. And it's very much like a county court judgment, which they have to go into court to get. Uh, but with a default notice, they don't have to do that. They can just press a button. It's very unfair, actually, that they can just say this person defaulted on this. That's a default notice that stays on your credit history for up to six years. It's very hard to remove. She's going to have to go to great lengths. If they've issued a default notice against her, that's equivalent to a county court judgment. It means she can't get a mortgage, very easily anyway. Certainly she's going to have trouble even getting an electricity account or a gas account to pay her bill monthly. Phones, or mobile phone contracts, all these things. They're doing credit checks. Even to rent a property now, you have to be credit clean and you know pass credit scores and this sort of thing. Just to rent a property, let alone buy somewhere, it's almost harder to rent some properties, actually. Uh, so so that's she's got into sort of a lot of trouble there. And the firm said they were referring me on to some uh, debt collector. Um, she said she's never had trouble online shopping before. Uh, so that's just one example. And the charity found that a quarter of consumers regretted using the platforms uh, with consumers frequently saying that they couldn't afford the repayments. Well, you know, if they can't afford the repayments, which are split from the original amount, why are they buying the goods in the first place? You know, if, if you're buying something for £600 and they say, well, it will split it into £600 a month payments and then you can't afford them, then why are you buying £600 worth of stuff? Clothes. It, it doesn't it doesn't add up to me. Um, yes, this firm might be at fault and we know that. But clearly I can see that she hasn't really been 
communicating with them properly. She's probably just buried her head in the sand and I don't want to open that letter because I can see it's underneath the window. It's red and I know that that's going to be more stress and you, you, you pile it up in the corner and don't open the letter. However, that, I, don't, I don't know the whole story there, but Alistair Crom was the chief executive of Citizen Advice said, buy now, pay later borrowing can be like quicksand. You know what quicksand is when you're stepping it, you can't get out, you're struggling to get out. Uh, easily, it's easy to uh, unwittingly slip into to debt uh, and much more difficult to get out of. Well, that's the same for any debt. It's easy to borrow money. Yeah, you get letters, don't you? Borrow money, increase your credit limit. You know, have, have this on us. And they always use words like amount available to spend, not, not amount to borrow. They say your credit card, this is your balance. And this is the amount available to spend. Because spend's a much nicer word, isn't it, than save. Save is boring. It's putting your pocket money into a, a piggy bank where you're, you see it disappear down this slot, never to be seen again. It's, oh, I want to buy sweets. So saving is always pain. Spending is nice. It's pleasure. So that's why they use the words on the credit card. They say uh, available amount available to spend. And it's lovely to go out and spend money, isn't it? So that, that's great. Uh, and that's that's why people get into that. It's this language they use. And, you know, it, it it's obviously a common problem. It's nothing new. It's just a new way of uh, of dealing with things. Right? It's just a new way of getting people into debt and borrowing money. So so, so don't, um, you know, get get hooked into this. That's what that's what I'm saying, really. Don't get hooked into this. And, you know, I'd say to, to wrap this up, really. The industry apparently is more than trebled in 2020. So it's a, it's a big money spinner. And there are several firms involved in the BNPL market, maybe companies you might never have heard of. I certainly haven't heard of all of them. Klarna, K-L-A-R-N-A. But you might not see that company when you, you tick the option initially. Clearpay, uh, Layby, Lay, L-A-Y-B-U-Y, got a clever name, and PayPal, are all into this market, but but I, I when when you buy in your I've seen it on my bank own bank credit debit card, I, I don't know which company's behind it when they're offering to spread the payments, but a charity just warned that four out of ten people are now struggling to make these repayments. So you've got to be very careful. Um, other news: City of London, City of London is a financial district of of London, and if you go there now. When I worked in the city, it was kind of quaint old buildings and nice old pubs and people would do business in the pub over a pint of Young's Bitter. And uh, everyone smoked in those days. So it was smoke everywhere. And there was these quirky little streets and offices. But now you go there, it's like a modern city with huge buildings, some of the biggest buildings in Europe. You know, the the uh, the, the, the Shard and the, um, uh, you know, the Gherkin and, and all these massive iconic buildings if you like and yeah it's great and it, it's a very modern place glass buildings all, all over the place now there are thousands and thousands of offices in the city and most of them are, are occupied by banks and financial firms now, obviously during the pandemic a lot of people have gone back uh, to work at home and firms are saying well you can stay at home some firms are even saying well you can come back in to work for a couple of days a week now, this is this is a phenomenon, not just in the city of London, but in other big cities in, in America. So people are starting to flee the city uh, and, and uh, well, certainly parts of London. They're, they're trying to sell their little studios in London and, and then can, they can buy a much bigger place out in the countryside or, or in the suburbs. 
where they can have more space. They don't have to share the lifts or elevators with anybody. Uh, they feel safer. And, you know, for, for the money that they can get their small flat in London, they can probably buy a house somewhere way out of town or 100 miles out in a nice country area. And that's why prices are going up in the countryside, even in parts of Wales, which is, you know, hundreds of miles from London. Uh, and people feel now I can work from home. Some people are even going abroad and saying, well, I can work from Portugal or Spain and, and still do my work, which, which is true. I, I don't think the city is dying for completely. I mean, a, a commercial surveyor told me the other day, he's a good friend of mine, that, um, yeah, offices are refiguring their offices. They're configuring how they're going to use their office. Maybe they're changing the, the way the space is used. Uh, but there's no mass exodus as yet. And I think eventually uh, firms will want people to come back in. There's more of that group dynamic going on. But the City of London is the corporation that control the city. They're like uh, almost like a private corporation in the middle of London. They've even got their own police force, the City of London Police. So they're like a, a district of London. And they are planning to convert thousands of office units into residential units. And uh, this this will be done over the next few years. But there's already plans there to... You know, this is the Corporation of London planning to convert thousands of office buildings into uh, residential. So that's that's an unusual move. And obviously, we've seen Brexit happen as well, where in the, in the the Brexit deal with with the European Union, the City of London was not really covered in that. And I think the fishermen have also been thrown under the bus. And the city, I don't think, have been fully covered by this. And business is already starting to go away from the city. So the city has to reinvent itself once again, as it's done over hundreds of years. Uh, because don't forget, the insurance market started in the square mile in that city opposite the Bank of England. That's where the, the insurance market started. Many of the financial markets were started in the city of London, you know, three, four hundred years ago. And they've had to keep reinventing themselves. So they, they will do that, I'm sure. And of course, the city used to be the port of London. The ports have moved out. They've survived that again. Even the Docklands now has become an extension of the city as offices and flats and residential and shops. That used to be the docks of London. So the city, I'm sure, will reinvent itself. But for the moment, there's going to be some major shifts in property. Other news. Over 50s are hardest hit by unemployment. The over 50s, which, believe it or not, covers me, are the people who are most likely to lose their job and, and, and the people who are likely to take longer to, to recover and get back into a job, more than the young people. In, in the news last year, it was more that young people were losing their jobs. But young people are bouncing back now as, as retail opens up, as, as uh, cafes and pubs start to open up. Uh, but the Resolution Foundation said that older workers are taking the longest to get back into work. And, you know, you're not supposed to have ageism in the workplace, but it goes on. You know, you, you know, even if someone doesn't put their uh, age on a CV, you can look back and say, you know, they went to school in 1949 or they went to university. You know, I think you guess their age. Um, so it, it's difficult. And obviously, I, I suppose most firms would like to employ somebody young and energetic and just come out of university and is really keen than some older person that's got a lot of issues, you know, um, like, like I, I don't think I could work for someone again, but maybe I'm just one. I'm a bad example. But, you know, clearly ageism goes on in, in the workplace, just like sexism and racism, no doubt. But, you know, the older people are finding it harder to get back into work. So that's that's an interesting phenomenon. I know that older people maybe have more savings behind them than younger people. But an older person in their 50s probably hasn't got the option of moving in with their parents again if things go wrong. Um, now, look, whilst... Uh, I think the effects of the last year's recession, when the, the economy in the UK declined by t nearly 10%, the, the, the most 
I think on record or certainly since the war, I don't think the effects have hit most people yet. Why? Because we've had the job furlough, the rent and mortgage payment holidays, the ban on eviction of tenants, uh, stamp duty holidays to boost the property market, even the return of 95% mortgages and other government financial stimulus packages to boost the, the economy, to boost the stock market, to get banks out lending money again. And these have cushioned people from the full blow of the COVID-led economic downturn. We know that, right? So similar packages are running in the US and many of these stimulus packages are coming to an end. So in the UK, people, uh, landlords can start processing eviction claims against tenants who may have refused to, to pay. So to, we know this is happening, right? And, you know, whilst the government needs to telling people, go out and spend money, go and spend money. Yeah, this is not probably the time to, you know, spend £600 of money you don't have to buy clothes you cannot afford on credit. This is not the time to do those sort of things. Now, there's good debt and there's bad debt. An example of good debt is borrowing money to buy assets like a business or a property which puts money into your pocket. Even even your home, I, I, I think of that as good debt. It's not a business home, but it puts a roof over your head, usually at a cheaper monthly payment than rent. But an example of bad debt is the lady we mentioned in the in the BBC example who bought £600 worth of clothes and said, I can't afford it. Or, or you know, other people have, have bought stuff and then spread the payments and can't even afford the repayments, let alone the amount they, they were they're wanting to buy stuff for. You know, what do you need £600 worth of clothes for just like that? You know, anyway, that I'm just maybe I'm prejudging, but that's an example of bad debt. Another example of bad debt or even what I would call crazy debt is borrowing money to buy risky investments such as Bitcoin and, and even the shares. Now, we know what happened. The, the 1930s stock market crash was, was caused, part of it was caused by banks lending money to, 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 to people to buy shares. They call it um, margins. So they would, they would say, well, if you want to buy $100 of shares, we'd, we'd lend you two thirds of that or 75% of that. And then we hold the shares in uh, as security. But, you know, when, when the shares then went down, there were margin calls. The bank said, well, your shares are now worth less than you owe and we want our money back. So people then were made bankrupt. The banks were left holding the bag, uh, the baby, I mean, and and the shares had gone down by, you know, 60, 70 percent in some cases. And that could happen to Bitcoin. People are borrowing, borrowing money to buy Bitcoin, which goes up and down like a yo-yo. I mean, it hits a peak of something like 65,000 the other day, went down by 10 or 20 percent in a, in a day. So that, that to me just seems seems to be crazy uh, to, to, to borrow that sort of thing. And, and that's why most banks, in fact, wouldn't lend you money to, to buy shares. They would lend you money to buy property, uh, but they wouldn't lend you money to go and buy shares and then hold those as security. But it does happen in, in, in some places. There are companies in America now that are lending money to people to buy Bitcoin. It, it, it is unbelievable, but it's true. Now, you can see some other... Uh, Articles I've written earlier about the 95% mortgages, about what I think is is property buyers overpaying for properties to, to save a few thousand pounds on stamp duty. Sometimes they're paying like 50,000 more than, than the property is really worth or was worth six months ago just to save maybe 5,000 pounds in stamp duty. It doesn't make sense. There's a mad scramble to buy properties and complete by the end of June. But What's going to happen after the end of June? Well, we don't know. We don't know what the market is really going to do. Nobody really does. Uh, but it does seem to me like we've had a long uh, bull market, which means the market is going up in property and shares, certainly since 2008. And 
that that never lasts forever. It doesn't. It just doesn't happen. It's never happened in, in since I've been looking at the markets, and I've seen several property recessions which took many years to 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 recover. Uh, where you know in the nineties, where it took six years. Where I bought a property uh, early nineties, and it took six years before it, it was worth what I paid for it at that time. And I was living in it. It didn't really matter whether it was going up or down, uh, as such. But it shows you. And uh, it can happen. It, it can happen. So just be careful. Don't overstretch yourself. Don't go out and buy silly things on credit that you can't afford, because this is a risky job market as well. As the furlough scheme comes to an end, we know that companies are closing down branches. We know that companies are slimming down their operations. We know that they're using more AI, Zoom, more technology to save money. Um, I, was, I was on a, a Zoom seminar with Bloomberg yesterday, and there's a company that's been bought out by Amazon that are, are already, they already have the, the this kind of robo taxi, if you like, that they want to roll out in cities where you'd have an app, you press the button, the taxi comes, it, it, the doors open automatically, it takes you to where you want to go safely and smoothly and all that. And this is, this, this is already here. It's not science fiction anymore. So how is that going to affect the thousands of Uber drivers? I mean, there's already taxis. You can get, you can call a taxi on an app with an Uber driver. Now they're, they're going to cut them out. They're, they're, they've got these robo taxis, electric cars. And uh, this, this is a company, it's, owned, it's now owned by Amazon. So this is not uh, a small outfit. And there are other companies in that market as well. So just be careful. This is not the time, I think, to splash out on uh, uh, silly consumer debt things uh, because you, you could find yourself getting caught with, with your pants down when the, when the tide goes out and the market changes. Now, before I go, I wanted to give you something more practical, something that you can use to maybe start earning a bit of extra money. Now, a lot of people you, you'll see on things online saying, get get online, earn money online. And, and people might be thinking, what, what is this all about? You know, can you really do this? Is it, is it a scam? Well, you know, there are some scams out there, but people are, are definitely making money online. More and more goods have been bought online. More and more services have been bought online. And we know that in the last year, this has exploded with, you know, even people who are not tech savvy now, you know, running their own Zoom meetings. So things are, are, are changing and, and I don't think they're going to really go back to where they were before. But how does that benefit you? How can you get into this market? How can you get maybe your physical business online today uh, without too much cost? Now, the traditional way would be to hire a web developer to start up a website and and that can cost anything from a few hundred pounds up to what well, ten thousand pounds I paid when years ago in, in my business uh, for some smart young guy who took about six months to do it and you know it was just a WordPress website at the end of the day but it did work for us uh, but but even if you've got a website then what is anyone going to look at your website without you driving traffic to, to the website itself and then when they get there even if you drive traffic through say advertisements through uh, Facebook or Google, then what is when they get to your website, is there any offer there that's compelling enough for them to to click on something, to, to leave their name and address or name and email address? Is there anything there that they can buy from your website? Now, that's, that's important because there are millions of websites out there that are really just like a brochure. They're really just like a shop window and people come and go and, and that's it. You know, you, you've got things, something called a bounce rate. Now, there's another way to do it. And you can actually get started with this free. And it's it's a free lifetime access without any credit card. 
uh, to, to a company that will help you build your website and you can do it yourself. You can get a, you can still get a web, web developer in to help you with it, but the company is called Groove Funnels and they, they, for, the, for a limited time, they've got a free lifetime access. Now, normally these things would, would cost money. If you go to most of these companies offering websites, they would charge you anything from 30 or 40 pounds a month up to hundreds of pounds a month for life while you've got that website up and running. And even if even then you've got hosting charges and all that sort of thing as well. Uh, so so you know, usually nothing's for free, but this is for free. Uh, it's genuinely a free offer, no credit card needed. And you can build one website yourself. And obviously later on, they're hoping that you will want to expand and use more of their services and go into a paid situation. But for the moment, you can build a website yourself from ready-made templates. So you've got templates there. So, you know, if you're a yoga teacher or, or you're, a builder, you're a, you're a, a service organization or, or whatever it is, there's a template there for you. And, you know, then you can just change the word in and literally publish all of everything within within the site. So it's, it's very easy to use. And even if, if you're not very tech savvy, you can get somebody, you know, a web developer would find it simple to use. It's certainly, you know, a hundred times easier than using WordPress. I, I've tried to, to do WordPress myself and it just you can get so far and then you get stuck with a technical issue. Uh, but, but this this I found very easy. And uh, GrooveFunnels, why is it called a funnel? Well, a funnel is is a web page, if you like. And when when an example of a funnel would, might be something that says, you know, would you like to attend a free seminar today on how to ease back pain with, with, with yoga? And then you say, yeah, I'm interested in that. So you might click register for it, put your email in, and then you attend the seminar and then the funnel would say, look, now that you've attended our seminar, would you like to, to buy a, a short course online about yoga or would you like to attend an event? And, and this is what funnels are. They, they, it's actually more direct than just a brochure website. So it, it leads people into making a buying decision or not making a buying decision. You don't have to buy anything, but you know, you can see lots of examples of this. So that's what a funnel is. And, and GrooveFunnels specializes in, in this type of web page. It's a website, but it's a it's a funnel in that you're, 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 you can offer your customers a way of um, really making a decision, making a buying decision on your product that you want to, to sell. Now, as I said, your, your product might be on an, an offline business. It could be uh, a building service, for instance, and, and you're not getting enough customers. Uh, it, it could be any type of business, a locksmith. And, you know, you, you want to attract customers. Well, this, this is what it's all about. OK, so have a look at it. Uh, I'm going to put a link up to it. And there's a free access uh, where you can get online. And even if you haven't got a product, you can also sell other people's products through an affiliate uh, scheme where the companies, you know, thousands and hundreds of thousands of companies will pay your commission to recommend their products. I mean, Amazon booking.com are, are affiliate marketers basically they 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 get commission to to sell other people's products and and you know look at booking.com is bigger now than you know most hotel groups around the world uh, same as Expedia is bigger than airlines uh, and, and they're basically affiliate commissions your insurance agent who sells you a policy is getting commission from an insurance company he's that's affiliate marketing so it's nothing new but you can do this online in a very smooth and easy way so have a look at that and uh, have, a, have a think about it. Just click on it. Have a look at, at, at Groove. I'm putting a link up there at the bottom uh, for Groove pages and you know, see what you think. If you, if you like it, sign up for a free free lifetime access. If it's not for you, then click away. So thanks very much for listening. 
And I hope that's been informative today. And do, do let me have your feedback and, and share this with, with your friends and colleagues. Thanks very much. This is Charles Kelly bringing you money tips to help you save, earn, invest, accumulate and enjoy more money. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 